0: ash all that hi guys welcome to waxing lyrical the music installment of the symposium podcast i'm delighted to be on our second episode with jay arjun and cameron so arjun how have you been recently what have you been listening to um hey
1: um yeah not bad um just chilling out the last couple of days my birthday yesterday, so I had a nice time. Just yeah, happy birthday! My famic, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of what I've listened to since the last time we recorded, um, I think it's been about 11, 12 days since our first episode. And as you may know, I listen to quite a lot of music. So I think I've listened to 26 or 27 albums since then. Wow. Um, okay. To be honest, most of them have been pretty mediocre. I haven't really listened to any outstanding ones. Probably the best one that I listened to was one. Yeah, yesterday by Eric B and Vakim. like a nice hip-hop duo um, called "Don't for the Technique. That was a really good listen. It's like one of those early sort of classic hip-hop albums. Um, that I recommend. Yeah, a lot of, if I guess, if you listen to a lot of music, there's always bound to be a lot of mediocre guff in there. And yeah, I don't mind that because means that i'm almost almost able to better discern the good from the bad if that makes sense um but yeah a lot, a lot of average to be honest so yeah that's been my week in music my week and a half in music so far
0: yeah cool uh cameron what have you been listening to
2: uh hi yeah so um i suppose you could say my last week and a half or so has been quite cinematic um I was very saddened recently by the death of Ennio Morricone, uh, the Italian film composer. He's probably my favourite film soundtrack uh, composer of all time. So I've just been revisiting a lot of his stuff because, I mean, a lot of my introduction to film music from a very early age that I can remember was his work. Uh, so, yeah, I've been listening to the soundtrack albums for uh, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, once upon a time in the west uh, for a few dollars more which is actually my personal favorite and um yeah a lot of his stuff you would think that a film soundtrack has to go with a film to be fully appreciated but the strength of his compositions are such that the emotion that you can see he's trying to evoke when paired with the visuals that resonates whilst you're just listening to it on its own that's that's the power of the the music that he wrote and yeah I've just been sort of lamenting uh the loss to the music in the music world that we've had with with his passing and listened to a lot of him recently
0: yeah I mean I, I completely agree I've been doing the same um it's very sad to that that he passed um Jay and I are massively massive fans of of those films and obviously those soundtracks I think ecstasy of gold um in good and bad the ugly is probably my favorite bit of music that he's composed at least in the film scene and yeah you're, you're completely right in that as you listen to it you get flashes of the scene in front of you of 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 you know of the film itself and it's just really powerful score making and filmmaking jay what have you been listening to
3: um i've actually listened to quite a bit this past week um I've kind of, I recently got Rate Your Music, um, so I started like kind of working through the charts on that, Um, you know, they've got like a top, you know, the top rated uh, albums list, Um, but I've got to say, I kind of moved away from that, but I think the standout track um, for me has been um, Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, which I finally got listened to this week. Um, I thought that was just a brilliant album it was completely cohesive it's got you know songs that run in excess of kind of five or so minutes and you know it doesn't get boring it's feels brand new even though it's from like the 90s it's a really really fantastic album so I think that's kind of been my highlight of the past week musically
0: no I mean again I can empathize massively Um, that's one of my favorite hip-hop albums ever I think it's cultural influence is understated um, if that's even possible. And um, yeah, I mean, I adore the album and yeah, I've I've also had my own, you know, incursions into nineties hip hop in the last week or so. I re-listened to ready to die. um, And yeah. And and I re-listened to reasonable doubt by Jay-Z just to kind of ground my hip hop taste more because obviously um, most of my taste is like more conscious, modern stuff, but yeah, you understand that stuff better when um you appreciate where it came from so yeah, yeah i mean it, that's that's uh kind of what i've been trying to do um yeah, yeah if uh, i could uh, interrupt sorry yeah.
1: so, so um i think jay mentioned rate music which is quite a useful website i would recommend using it um, a lot of stuff on there like all the charts can be quite sort of basic um normie taste but I, I think they're really useful for um educating yourself about different genres whether it's hip-hop or rock or whatever they have really nice sort of charts and lists i'm sure jay's used um to sort of explore a bit more so yeah that's a really good website i i personally found that very useful to discover lots of different albums and and it also has lots of info about each album obviously so yeah it's quite a good website
0: um, yeah, without further ado, then, I think we should just jump into our um, albums for this week. So if you could each um, say say um, what your chosen album was. So I'll start. Um, I chose Urban Hymns by The Verve, classic bit of um, 90s kind of Britpop era, but maybe maybe slightly more profound than that. Um, I think it's definitely underappreciated album compared to some of the more famous albums from Oasis Blur and Pulp um i think there are some absolute frankly bangers in the album um everyone kind of knows bittersweet symphony from the england intro on itv but it's much deeper than that and often i found, i find people um finding tracks on the album that they didn't even know were by the verve but they had obviously heard them before from somewhere else so it's that kind of album so i thought it was worth a listen um cameron what did you choose so, my choice this week was It'll End in Tears,
2: which is the debut album by the music collective This Mortal Coil. And this album I chose because I'm, I'm a massive drip, um, dream pop fan, anything with echoey chorus guitars and a woman's breathy vocals over, I'm, and I'm basically there for it. But this is a very nice album artistically because, in my eyes, it bridges the gap between. Um, your late 70s atmospheric post-punk artists like Joy Division, Bauhaus with your early 90s late 80s fully fledged dream pop artists like uh Cocteau Twins who actually feature on this record and the more shoegazy influences like My Bloody Valentine and it's a nice sort of middle point there between those two styles and I think it captures the best of those two genres quite well.
0: Um thank you very much Cameron. Um Jay
3: well, if you can say I chose, um, the album I picked was Playing With Fire by Kevin Federline. You might know it as the lowest rated album on Meskrisip. Um, Obviously, I hadn't listened to it before. I was kind of, I was just interested. Um, so basically, for those of you who don't know, Kevin was married to Britney Spears. He released this album back in 2006 at the height of, I guess, what he claims was his fame. Uh, and essentially, the album pretty much deals with him believing that he's the most hated man in america him believing he's the most famous man in america and um it's not really the most triumphant artistic achievement of the 21st century but it's what
0: what do you mean it's not better than anything by bob dylan
3: (laughs) yeah it's 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 kind of like um i think the way i would describe it is you know the early songs in my beautiful darkness in fantasy where Kanye kind of deals with, you know, the impact of fame. It's kind of like that, but,
0: but you know, without any talent to back it up and probably without any fame in the first place. Right. Okay. I mean, um, I'm intrigued. Arjun?
1: Um, yeah, I chose the album Monkey Bars by Sean Price. So in the 90s, he was sort of um, an underground rapper, part of the hip-hop duo he Helter Skelter um, and part of the underground hip-hop collective um, called Boot Camp Click. Um, and he, he was sort of very famous um, in the hip hop underground, but didn't really get his props, especially being compared to other famous um, duos or groups in the 90s, such as the Wu-Tang Clan, Mobb Deep and rappers like Nas. But um, he, he sort of split from Helter Skelter in the, mid, in the middle of the noughties and released this album, which is, has become a, a very much a, an underground classic um sadly sean price passed away i think four years ago five years ago so his discography isn't too um expansive um i think he's only he only released three albums prior to death plus a posthumous album but i think this stands as one of the finest underground albums um of this of this century in hip-hop all
0: right thank you for that arjun um arjun so i guess considering you just finished your description there i think it's apt for you to go first and just uh Take us through what you thought about the album. Then we'll obviously just take turns offering our own thoughts. So, yeah, have a go.
1: Yeah, um, so I really enjoyed this album. I think it's quite an enjoyable listen. Um, the lyrics are very um, comical. I think that's what stands up for me. Um, yeah, lots of lyrics will sort of make you laugh and, um, yeah, laugh out loud. Um, I, I really like the, the delivery of Sean Price's uh, lyrics as well. He's very sharp on the mic, always on the mark and never really skips a beat. Um, but yeah, the most endearing part of the album are the lyrics. They're quite ignorant in a way, I'd say, but also quite fun. Um, it's sort of, he, he conveys his, his sort of, um, careless attitude, um, in, in the, in, in the, um, in the album. And yeah, I, I, th- I re- also really like his voice. He has quite an enjoyable voice, um, and he, and he has a really good flow. But yeah, I think it's quite an enjoyable listen. I, I, I want to know like, what you guys think of the listen because... Yeah, each song sort of stands out the beats are very good um yeah I just want to know what you guys think of it
0: yeah I mean um Jay if you'd like to go
3: first um so I'd actually I'm gonna start in a weird place but it's just one thing I really like about the album which is the uh cover art I actually think it's a really it's just something that took my attention straight away before even listening to the music I just thought the cover art was really cool it's kind of like a comic book style um I quite liked the album I'd, i it's one of those things where I think it wasn't maybe necessarily my kind of thing. Um, it's very, as you say, it's very underground. Um, one of those kind of comments I saw as someone said, it's kind of like a rap album for people who like rap. If that makes sense. It's like a rapper's yeah. rap album. A rapper's rap album, yeah. I think that's definitely probably a fair way of characterising it. Um, I thought some of the lyrics, as you said, were very were very funny also I did quite like the final song because it's the Grandpa Theft theme song I think it's from Grandpa Theft 3 yeah yeah. so that yeah. was a yeah. massive yeah, 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 yeah. back. yeah that was a huge throwback um I enjoyed the album I think the production was good um you know I thought I thought it was a good album I thought the production was good I thought the lyrics were, were good um I do think I'd maybe preferred just to kind of go back to last week's episode I probably preferred listening to Median over this because I preferred kind of the more sample-driven, um, you know, um, more su- sample-driven uh, bass of the songs, whereas here it was more kind of traditional underground hip-hop, which maybe I'm just slightly less inclined to. Yeah, but, and I'd love
1: say the beats are quite, are very much underground, like they sound so sort of basement-cooked that the audio quality comes across as a bit spotty at times. Yeah, I think... The
3: Yeah I think there were tiny little points where I maybe couldn't quite understand what exactly was being said Um, but I think that's probably quite common also
0: when just when rapping because obviously you're speaking quite fast as well. So did you find anything that he said interesting or provocative or just willing you know worth engaging with?
3: I can't really remember anything to be honest there was nothing that really stands out. That's fair enough. a A couple of days ago um Maybe that's a criticism I have.
0: No, that's fair enough. Obviously, that 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 actually says I says quite a lot in itself. Um, Cameron. Uh, yeah, I would concur with what Arjun said. I thought this was a
2: very energetic, bouncy, fun listen for the most part. Uh, the lyrics obviously do stand out. They've got this comical edge to it, which I think provides quite a nice counterpoint to the gritty. I hesitate to call it lo fi because it's not like, you know, Neutral Milk Hotel has <laughs> done a rap album here. No. But it is quite a lo fi, gritty East Coast type vibe I'm getting off the production. So I do think your sort of bouncier, happier, comical lyrics, they do balance that out quite nicely. One thing I in particular enjoyed about this project uh, was the features on it. In particular, I really liked uh, Tex's uh, feature on the track Onion Head. I don't know, I just thought the yeah, the, the, that the, the flows and the bars, the, the vocal delivery, it just got switched up really quite nicely throughout this record, uh to the point where I know Jay you said that you uh preferred Medellin uh from last week. For me it was actually the the variation and the fact that every track on this I thought was refreshingly different. I I really did quite enjoy this one. I'd I'd probably give a, a, a seven to an eight for me. This was this was a good album.
0: Mm, so that's a strong a strong a strong seven to a light eight to, to to quote to quote perhaps the melon. Um to
2: quote the god, yes. Yeah.
0: Um I was gonna say actually I was gonna mention um I was gonna mention Onion Head as well, actually. I, I really liked um that track. I liked the sampling um in the production. I, it felt kind of underground, East Coasty, from what I've engaged with the wu-tang clan obviously i'm i'm arjun's going to take me through a, a detailed tutorial of their work but from what i've engaged so far it, it kind of evokes some of those themes especially after listening more recently to um other rap from the 90s i can i can definitely see what sean's trying to do here in in, in linking back to those traditions um in terms of the content yeah I, I agree that it had a kind of comedic edge although i felt that some of the bars although he um altered his flow far more than, than we saw in in with Smooth. Um, I do feel that some of the bars do tend to fall flat in that the messages that they're trying to convey, perhaps sometimes even whimsical in their comedy, um, then, although provided, providing a nice contrast to the grittiness, undermines some of the sin- sincerity of his messages around the grittiness that you find elsewhere in the album. And and maybe that that uncomfortable dichotomy is intentional, but um, I do feel like, since obviously... If it is intentional, it's a fair enough point about the kind of incongruousness of his life. But but if but but even so, it does it does make you slightly um, question the competing themes. Um, yeah. Arjun, could you could you explain a bit more about kind of why you chose this for us? Um, I I thought that it was very,
1: as everyone has said, a very energetic album. and I thought it'd be quite a nice contrast to sort of more gritty albums that you may have listened to from hip hop. Um, to see the how underground hip hop can can be light and energetic rather than just sort of um, dark and grimy compared to um, say like Medellin Um, but yeah I do like the contrast between his sort of energetic boastful lyrics and the dark sometimes gritty production of the album Mm. if you think of a rapper such as say Jay-Z you think of someone very braggadocious very arrogant and who conveys that in his rhymes but what I like about um, Sean Price's rapping style is how he sort of um, mixes up um, clever punchlines, clever beats, with sometimes exaggerated stories from his life. Yeah, but I think in the track "Broker's Rap," you know, he, he can get quite—he gets quite personal about his um, struggles and his um, how he, yeah, how he struggled to um, get to where he is. And then, like in the next track, he's promising that he's going to take you down and attack you and you know, just there's the classic sort of hip-hop arrogance um that so yeah I, I find that contrast quite nice uh, I mean quite I, enjoyable I think
0: yeah no it's good just completely agreeing with you on the contrast I think one of our criticisms of Medellin was that it was very samey I don't think you can say the same about monkey bars and that you have kind of spliff and western which gives me kind of eastern orientalist vibes or, or maybe middle eastern vibes versus kind of heartburn which is more like traditional r&b soul vibes and i think yeah. that you can get that those nice contrasts which perhaps display a, a more sophisticated um expression than than we saw with smooth last week yeah um, and, I,
1: and also the title of the album monkey bars is sort of like a lyrical exhibition of yeah how you can contrast um wild lyrics with energetic production so yeah, yeah. i think it's quite enjoyable listen that's why i recommend yeah. it to you guys
0: I actually had I'm not sure if you guys um, agree I mean feel free to say either way but I got some vibes of MF Doom in some parts of this just in terms of content um, delivery flow variation and obviously that's a reasonable competence because I'm a fan of Doom but I mean Ar- Arjun Cameron I know that you two both have listened to a lot of what Doom's done and um, I wondered w- whether you see that comparison as well I mean Cameron? Cool. No yeah no
2: I just I can completely see that I think as Arjun was saying it's the kind of braggadocious attitude whilst being self-aware of that throughout that you know really brings that comparison out he's got the ability to make these grandiose kind of ludicrous statements sometimes but he has the temerity to balance that out with a bit of self-deprecation and humor and um, that is a quality that you don't often see in hip-hop sometimes I think so that mm-hmm. that's why for me it was it was quite a refreshing album. Arjun? Yeah I
1: sort of think of of rappers like Sean Price as the anti-MF Doom because whereas MF Doom uses like really large vocabulary um, to invoke imagery and controls his flow in a sort of um, abstract offbeat manner and sometimes uses spoken word Sean Price sort of uses inner bar rhyme schemes syllables yes. and, and and focuses more on delivery yes um rather whereas end of doom is, is all about the lyrics and yeah um but but they, they they do compare in that you know they start a bar they start a rhyme and you think it's just sort of going where you expect it to go and then and then they flip it on its head and sort of subvert your expectations both of them have this ability to switch between like the uh, stone cold series and then they, then then switch the absolute ridiculous the absolute abstract um but yeah but yeah i can see where you're coming from to be I,
0: honest, I, yeah. I think it might also be some of the references they make i mean jay what are your thoughts on how you place this versus other rap you've listened to
3: i think i think it's just as i kind of said earlier i said i'm not probably the most inclined to underground rap so i think i do prefer stuff like you know like kendrick uh Kanye, which is a bit more kind of I think there's almost more kind of experimentation of other music styles going on in those in those records yes whereas this felt you know this is very much a traditional rap album i think i'd probably have to listen to it maybe one or two more times to really kind of probably appreciate you know all the nuances and the depth in it but i thought it was a good album i, I enjoyed listening to it so i'm not going but
0: no i mean that's that's why we're having the podcast I mean, we're all introducing each other to different stuff like you introduced arjun last week to illinois um, yeah. And now, yeah, he can introduce you to this. So I guess you know that that's quite a and nice. And then you infected stage. Kevin Federline or us. Well, yeah. actually, Arjun. Arjun, <laughs> ar- ar- on that note, Jay, tell us about the album. <laughs> so playing with fire. I've already said it, it's the lowest ranked <laughs> album on Metacritic. Um, just to
3: put it into perspective, its current score is 15 out of 100, um, and that's pretty much dub- that's pretty much half as low as the next lowest rated album. Right. Um. It's Basic one of those albums that it's kind of funny because I don't actually think it's as bad as people say I think it's a bad album I think it's you know it's unremarkable it's boring it's uninteresting there's nothing in it where I there was no song where I kind of stopped oh my god this is the worst thing I've ever listened to I think it's kind of we were speaking briefly about this last week but we said about you know, we'd rather listen to like really bad than something that's just painfully mediocre. And I think that's yeah. pretty much exactly what I would say this is. It's just a painfully mediocre, uninteresting, uninspired, boring record made by someone who pretty much thought he had the world at his feet and thought he had, you know, every right to make this album. And he just did it. And it's just a half, it just sounds like a half-assed effort. There's no song that really, you know, that isn't kind of a bit of a chore to listen to or that really stands out to you. That being said, I mean, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I wouldn't say it's like a one out of ten. Um, even to an extent there's the song on it called Crazy, which features Britney Spears. And honestly, I've heard that woman in worse songs. You know, mm. like I'd even say Scream and Shout with Will I Am is a worst song, <laughs> one, to be honest. Um, I
0: mean, yeah, I guess I, I get what you mean in that Kevin, for all, for all his kind of braggadocious nature and perhaps um overly... I, his, he's very um, self sure,
2: isn't he yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean,
0: I mean it's just that's actually what i'm trying to say is is, is kind of the way that he views himself is is, is obviously in, in a in a light that that bears no resemblance to reality far more flattering yeah. i guess is the I word mean, um he refers just, to I, I,
1: himself as a third person as well yeah, yeah, word, yeah. Like.
0: and i mean that I, I find that to be even slightly less reason why i find that to be more mediocre than something like a bad will i am record that you just mentioned there is because Will I Am there I think is more serious in his in his in his kind of self belief and and the seriousness of the quality of the track. Whereas Kevin, for all his kind of bragging and his you know perceived seriousness, really I mean, does he even think that he's up there? Like I I sometimes thought that this was almost a meme or like a kind yeah. of or, or kind of like a YouTube parody of what someone else would be doing. Well, so I think it, that's why it was mediocre rather than awful in some ways. Yeah, to an extent.
3: I also thought, while I was listening to this, I kind of felt like this album almost sounds like how, you know, my parents' generation would expect a rap album to sound like. <laughs> right. It kind of just feels like a walking stereotype of rap rather than a rap album. It's, you know, you've even got people called Ya yeah Boy on it. You know, it's just such a meme. It doesn't take itself <laughs>
0: very seriously. That's why I'm saying, I mean, I find it to be less offensive to me than an album which which takes itself so seriously, but is awful. Like some of the Kid Cuddy, like unfortunately, like some of the stuff Kid Cuddy or Chance the Rapper have come out with Mm -hmm. more recently. Um, Cameron. Yeah, I mean, just to follow on from that, I think the problem that this
2: album has sometimes, and I want to preface everything I say, but this is not a good album by any stretch of the imagination. But it has a quality in how serious he takes his own claims, his own ridiculous claims to be. You have to come from that. You have to approach that with such a, a mindset of just saying, you know, even if this is terrible, I'm going to say it and no one's going to stop me. That in <laughs> itself is a bit of a quality, I it's think. It's almost
0: Kanye-like, isn't it?
2: It, it, it? It's Kanye without the talent is, yeah. is, I think, the best way to describe it. But, I mean, I, musically as well, I, I want to contextualise this and, you know, mid-2000s pop rap, it wasn't. <laughs> it's not a scene that's renowned for its great sonic output. I, I remember artists like, like Chingy and, oh god, all the terrible G-Unit stuff. In, in the middle of that, this really isn't that terrible. It's be, it's definitely not the worst album ever made, put it that way.
0: Arjun?
1: Yeah, I can I everything, basically. I, it was very mediocre, the album, but it, it wasn't that terrible. Like I've listened to a lot worse. Um, like even some of the beats weren't that bad. Like if there were perhaps better rappers on it, um, it would it, they would pass as average to decent songs. Um, but I'm I'm just curious. As to, so we've all agreed that it wasn't a terrible album, but okay, it was a bad album, <laughs> but it wasn't really offensively terrible. I'm just curious as to how it got this bad backlash. Like was it because of of Kevin himself? Like was he such a sort of meme figure that? people were offended that he would re- release last album because from what I gathered he released his album because he was famous for being married to Britney Spears or something like he wanted to capitalize on his mm. fame but like I didn't understand in where he was coming from I wonder if Jay would want to like tell us a bit more about him
0: yeah I almost
3: felt like while I was listening to it that there was one critic who wrote a review and just said this is the worst album ever made and then a bunch of other people just kind of like yeah why not let's just agree with that guy It kind of almost felt like people were jumping on a bandwagon here. Um, A lot of the comments seem to just say, you know, this is boring, it's uninteresting, it's, you know, some guy who's not particularly famous acting like he's the most notorious man on earth. I mean, he's literally got a song called America's Most Hated on this album. Um, It just seems like a lot of people... I think that's a lot about him and his arrogance that seems to fuel the reviews but yeah I'm kind of puzzled as to why it's the lowest rated score on the on the um on the website it kind of to me almost feels like a reverse version of Sgt Pepper's where just a bunch of people said it's a great it's like the best album ever made and no one wanted to disagree and they all kind of just you know just stuck with that opinion. So you're saying that Sgt Pepper isn't the
0: greatest album ever made are you Jay?
3: I'm saying Sergeant <laughs> Pepper's isn't even like probably top four, top
0: five Beatles albums. Wow. Okay, that's no, okay. That is definitely that is definitely another <laughs> that, pod. Take for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is a take for that, That's too hot to handle for right now. I think I have to get my fire extinguisher. Um, <laughs> right. Um, I think we should now move on to I think slightly firmer ground. Let's. I think I'll just let, let's move on to Urban Hymns. I want to escape away from Kevin's um delusion. Um. So yeah urban hymns i'm sure you guys um know pretty much what you were getting from the outset as i said some famous tracks um i think from a really really nice era of music that kind of built on some of the uh, gains in 80s pop in in um um in a kind of in in the terms of the confidence and use of electric electric music and synths but with a kind of um, harking back and respect for the 1960s stuff with the Beatles and and other bands in the first British Invasion of America like um, the Kings etc um, in the kind of melodic ballad making and it led to quite a nice combination that we've seen with Pulp and I think The Verb quite specifically but also obviously with the most famous bands of Oasis and, and Blur um I really like this album for like personal reasons. My dad played this kind of music all the time um, in the car when I was young. Um, and I got a good taste for it back then. And obviously, as I said, some of the songs, The Drugs Don't Work, Lucky Man, um, uh, Street Symphony. These are all kind of the public consciousness. I'm sure you'd all heard them before, even if you didn't know they were by The Verb. So I thought it was worth listening to. And yeah, Cameron, I know that you're kind of a fan of this era as well. So if yeah, you'd like to start. Uh, I do, yeah. I love Britpop music, and uh, I really love this album.
2: The best way I can summarise this album very generally, uh, which is a complete compliment, even though it might not sound like it, is this is the album that I would imagine Radiohead would have made if they hadn't made OK Computer. It's a direct sequel to The Benz, insofar as it's the experimental side of Britpop, and it executes that very mm-hmm. well, I think. Uh, the standout tracks for me are uh, The Rolling People and um, ne- Neon Wilderness. Both quality.
3: Yeah. They're, bo- they're
2: both great tracks. And it builds upon The Verve's early career in a beautiful way because I must admit, I'm a shoegaze guy. I, I actually do prefer mm-hmm. The Verve's earlier stuff, uh, A Storm in Heaven, A Northern Soul, both brilliant albums. Uh, but I can, I I can appreciate this album and I do really love it. And obviously you've got other songs in there, like, I mean, Bittersweet Symphony Goes Without Saying is a masterpiece, but you've got The Drugs Don't Work, Lucky Man, as you were saying, they're all anthems and they're all so evocative of the Britpop era at its best that Mm. this is, for me, Britpop's perfect swan song to see that era off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the combination of the kind of electronica of the 80s, um, as you see in like kind of Radiohead with the engaging with the alternative and even classic rock styles of Pink Floyd, the Beatles, and then obviously alternative rock from Radiohead all merged together is is why I kind of really enjoy this album. And I think it's something this album wasn't really equaled by, in my opinion, this maybe is controversial, but many of the other Britpop bands, except for like in, 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 um, individual tracks like i'd say something like the importance of being idle by oasis is the closest they come out of a lot of their tracks to or maybe live forever is, is one of the closest they've come out of their tracks to kind of matching this and i don't think it's actually up there with it i think um pulp with their unique style obviously um have their own place in the in the in the kind of pantheon of, of brit pop but i do feel like this album for me at least stands above those um arjun what are your thoughts this is not a genre and a type of music you listen to often or normally um yeah um exactly
1: but i have heard a decent amount of brick pop i've listened to oasis uh, um well, i've listened to their albums i've listened to i think one pop album although i can't remember what it's called but it's uh, this this album by the verb sort of fed into everything i knew and liked about brick pop but exceeded i think That's um nice. Yeah, I did enjoy the album. I haven't heard any Britpop albums for a long time. Like, this is all sort of music I was into, I'd say, three years ago, like three, four years ago, quite a lot, but then sort of never released really them to properly since. Um, so as a result, if I were to listen to a Blur album or Oasis album again, I would have difficulty re- remembering some of the songs and everything like that. But I did enjoy the album. Obviously, um, Biddy's Sweet Symphony is a great song. It's one that I liked before anyway i didn't didn't actually know a verb song to my
2: right yeah
1: um, there you go yeah which he pointed out to me but um yeah that was good i also really liked um i I think drugs don't try drugs don't work the drugs don't work yeah that was a really nice song um but yeah how do they rank in in the pantheon of the brit pop hall of fame like are they among obviously they don't i don't think the verb get the props that oasis do or blur do but yeah do you think do you think in your mind they're better
0: yeah definitely i mean um that's why i said i think this album exceeds a lot of what or pretty much all of what oasis and blur have done i think pulp it's hard to compare them with pulp because as cameron knows they kind of occupy their own niche but yeah certainly for me this is the best Britpop album i've listened to certainly uh jay what are your thoughts
3: so I like this album, but I do want to start off with one slightly hot take, which is that I actually think Bittersweet Symphony is one of the weaker songs on the album. Okay. Um, it's one of those songs, it's kind of a consistent criticism I have throughout of the album as a whole, but I think Bittersweet Symphony is one of those songs that if it was like two minutes shorter, it would be a lot better. I just, I don't necessarily think it's interesting enough to kind of keep rolling and rolling for nearly six minutes. I think I kind of, it's one of those songs I never really listened to all the way through. I kind of listened to two minutes of it and then I'm kind of, I've had enough and I'm done. Um, but I thought, as you said, when they get into kind of experimental territory with, you know, neo um, what was probably my personal favourite song was Velvet Morning. I think it becomes a really good album and there's some, there's some fantastic songs on here. You know, I think there's a good mix of kind of, almost borderline psychedelic and neon wilderness with yeah. really emotional songs like The Drugs Don't Work. The Drugs Don't Work, I because it kind of feels like it was released, Um, I think it was released the day after Princess Diana died. Right. And it sounds weird, but it kind of does sound like this nation in mourning as a song. It's very melancholic. Mm. It's very sad. It's very, it almost kind of feels like, you know, a point in time that's gone and this like disillusionment of in contrast to kind of, you know, in contrast to something like Bittersweet Symphony, which just sounds to me like a gen- you know a fairly generic '90s track that's been kind of placed into my head. Yeah, um, I do agree with you though. There's a lot of songs where I was like, oh right, I've heard this, I've heard this, I've heard this. Um, for better or for worse, I thought maybe some songs like Lucky Man were maybe a little bit generic, but I like it when they kind of go into experimental territory, and I think they do it really well when
0: I mean that's why I kinda of like the album, precisely because some of those songs are generic and that it combines the best of of the entire era, as Cameron said, as it as almost swan song, a kind of greatest hits mm. of Britpop. pop. Uh, you have the um you have the kind of iconic long um long song in in, in Sweet Symphony, which is obviously sampled to death, which is respected for its instrumental, classically instrumental quality. You have the more alternative rock Radiohead style synth stuff um, from um, um, other songs like Velvet Morning, etc. And then you have the, the, the more generic pop style or pop rock style bangers with um, Lucky Man or The Drugs Don't Work, which hark back to um, Britpop's strong um, relationships with 1960s UK invasion kind of kind of music. I mean, um, Cameron, uh, Arjun asked the question generally, like, where do you, where does this rank in, in Britpop more widely? I mean, what are your views on that? Uh, for me,
2: well, like, like, like you sort of alluded to, I, I'm a Pulp guy yeah, first and foremost. D- different class uh, is right. the epitome of perfect uh, Britpop for me. But this, as I said, it's a swan song for me, and it's a good swan song because I can't think of an- another really great Britpop album that came out after this dropped I think I'm right in saying this came out uh, I think it was a month after Be Here Now by Mm. Oasis which you know it's kind of famous for being one of the biggest flops in pop music history Mm. even though I I actually kind of quite like it (laughs) but um, in terms of albums with this great standing or great mythology even behind them. I can't think of another one that came after this. So I think it definitely has its place in the pantheon of Britpop there because it seemingly single-handedly brought the genre to its natural denouement, its natural mm. finish, mm. which I can respect it for. It's a nice summation of every influence and every great bit of music that came up to that point. So mm. it's it's a brilliant album for that reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me... I entirely agree, as I've said. I think it builds nicely on, on albums which are less known, like Mosley Shoals by um, Ocean Colour Scene. Um, I think those kind of albums with the classic guitarists and the um, almost 60s, 70s-style classic rock, soft rock styles are incorporated nicely, as well as, as we said, uh, more psychedelic stuff. But, yeah, I'm happy you guys on the, on the whole thought that it was an enjoyable album. It's certainly one of my favourites, but maybe that, that's for more kind of emotional nostalgic reasons rather than, I don't know, uh, you know, rational appreciations of the music. Um, yeah, I mean, Cameron. So, yeah, my uh, choice, uh, as I said, was It'll
2: End in Tears by This Mortal Coil, mm-hmm. uh, who aren't a band, so to speak, really. They are a collective of artists from the 4AD uh, record label. And this was compiled by the label head, uh, Evil, Watts, Russell. So the best comparison I can sort of give for this is it's sort of like the Phil Spector presents a Christmas gift for you album with all his girl groups like the Ronettes and the Crystals. Only instead of Wall of Sound, you've got nascent Dream Pop. Mm-hmm. So you can see that in the the list of artists that's featured. You've got people like uh, Simon Raymond and Elizabeth Fraser from Cocteau Twins, uh, the vocalist Cindy Sharp, and even some of the classic uh post-punk figures like howard devoto from uh, the buzzcocks and the result of that is not some mishmash album with disconnected themes but this really tight record that encapsulates the birth of a genre and that genre is dream pop so i'm really intrigued to hear what you guys think about this one
0: um arjun um yeah i
1: I mean it was okay because personally I thought it was quite a it wasn't a very stimulating listen I thought to listen to it was quite almost monotonous but I mean I thought that the vocals didn't really contribute anything to the songs I thought that I'd rather just have have had the music alone if that makes sense Um, but I can appreciate it for what it was uh, but it was a bit of a mixed bag for me to listen to to really enjoy the whole way through because it's not something you'd put on in the background because I feel like it demands your attention, but also it isn't stimulating enough to, to keep my undivided attention. Mm. Personally, that's what I felt anyway. I, I think it was, a, I guess it was a cohesive listen that the songs by themselves weren't, for me, weren't anything special, but I, I guess I might be on my own in that regard, perhaps.
0: Jay?
3: I think I'm actually on a similar page to Arjun on this one. Um, I actually, I quite liked the album. I thought there were a couple of really good songs. Funnily enough, my favourite one was actually, it was uh, the third track. Uh, I'm going to say it's called Feet, F-Y-T. It's called, it's an instrumental. Um, I thought that was cool. It had this kind of menacing, almost kind of like the Eraserhead score is the way i describe it. It's got this like haunting industrial landscape kind of sound to it. Um, I thought maybe the album could have even started a, a opening to that because I think you will most need this instrumental track to kind of get you into the mood because then I liked the next few songs. I was kind of taken into the right kind of atmosphere that the album was trying to create. Mm-hmm. Um, I do disagree with Arjun on the vocals. There was, I, I couldn't tell you what her name is. It's the woman who sang a uh, song to Siren.
2: Yeah, uh, That's Liz Fraser from Cocktail. Yeah,
3: because she actually had this like siren-y kind of Whaley voice, which I thought was really cool. And also on the song uh, Found Affections," one thing I found really interesting was that it was this like whoosh song kind of cutting over, whoosh sound kind of cutting over the vocals and it was really like kind of provocative and really just kind of kept throwing you out of the song and I thought that was just a very interesting way to do it a very interesting approach to you know, like production of a song because it was so uh,
0: completely unconventional. Um, I mean I, I think I, I massively disagree with Jay and Arjun. Um, I I don't this might be slightly long so but but I think I really really enjoyed it I can definitely see how this fits into Cameron's taste and also kind of mine in that it definitely builds on almost the Velvet Underground Ultravox kind of operatic pop synth dream pop vibes and Almost, almost Sid Barrett type vibes, like heroin Sid, ba- Sid Barrett type vibes. Yeah, specifically, yeah I definitely specifically, know where you're specifically, from. Yeah, specifically heroin Sid Barrett. And then it, it moves and it kind of follows directly from Ultravox to Vienna, which I think was four years before this, which is one of my all time favorite albums. And, and it's my all time favorite song. <laughs> yeah. And, and it positions itself beautifully in that tradition as a kind of precursor to something like Animal Collective, but as something which follows. Um, or is a successor to something like um, Velvet Underground, um, Ultravox, um, etc. I really, really like the spooky, almost Kate Bush-style vocals throughout the album. Um, The song Holocaust really stuck out to me, as in the intro with the almost classical um, music felt like an adagio of a a quality symphony, something like Mahler's second or, or Shostakovich's fifth the kind of legato dulcet tones which which were almost minor in their key but not in their not in their meaning or evocation. And and I really liked how that transitioned nicely into the almost whimsical whimsical kind of Leonard Cohen style piano work, which which presented a nice contrast, but one which which built really nicely on operatic synths which 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 flowed throughout throughout the album in almost the best traditions of almost Pink Floyd. Um, which is where I kind of get all some of the Sid Barrett vibes, vibes from. Um, I definitely got um, vibes from, from Hounds of Love by Kate Bush in some of the vocals. Um, Kate Bush was, I think, was discovered by David Gilmore. So it's not entirely surprising that all these kind of albums come together, as in if you don't know David Gilmore being the guitarist for Pink Floyd. And um, you get all those kind of synth pop, psychedelic, um, slightly dream pop vibes all coming together. Um, because they're all kind of from the same musicians or the same musical tradition. And I think that's why I really like it, because because as you all know, um, it's kind of, those are all albums that are up my street. I really like the song Mm. Another Day. I I really like the song Another Day. Um, The song Another Day definitely gave me those Hounds of Love vibes. And and yeah, really, really did build on the best traditions of Pink Floyd. Um, I think even if you hadn't met Cameron, and as he said, you know, this album... This album was kind of <laughs> positioned himself like nicely in his in his in, in his in his kind of music taste. You you could guess what some of his other favourite albums were, because this album so clearly evoked some of those absolute classics. And I'm not saying that as a criticism and I'm not saying it that's a facsimile or, or any kind of any kind of copying, but but I think in the best traditions of musical evolution, it took the good parts of those of those traditions and, and then expounded upon them in their own way. So I mean I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority, but I, I really, really did enjoy it. But, but that's not really surprising for me because it, it's, 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 you know, slap bang in the middle of the kind of stuff I really like. But yeah, I mean, Cameron.
2: Uh, yeah, no, I mean that that that's a really, really great analysis of all the influences that went into it. So thank you. And um yeah, I, I do completely get what what Arjun's saying. The vocals for uh th- they are quite subjective in a way that some people are just immediately turned off by them uh, liz fraser in particular she has got this uh, ethereal type voice i mean it's a musical journalist's favorite game trying to pick out <laughs> adjectives to describe her singing style but no she does have this uh, ethereal voice to her which can be a big turn off to a lot of people she often doesn't even speak in real words and instead uses these elongated vowels to make a point um but i digress the the real beauty on this album for me is that it takes a lot of these concepts which were sort of floating around in the underground ether of pop music at the time and like uh like i just said there have been hints at it in songs like vienna by ultravox or whatever and it's applied that not so much through songwriting, because my favorite song on the record, Song to the Siren, uh, is actually a cover of a Tim Buckley song from the early 70s. So perhaps the songwriting isn't the best, but the willingness to experiment and the vision to produce sonically these types of soundscapes, that's where the value in this album comes from for me. is more of just almost like a reference point in the development of this genre, as opposed to a testament to songwriting in itself.
0: Mm. No, I, I I think I agree. I mean, after hearing kind of our description of where it comes from, Jay, I know you're a massive Pink Floyd fan. Does that make you want to listen to it again? Does that change how you perceive it retrospectively? I mean, I, don't, I think it's unfair to say I didn't
3: like it. I definitely liked the album. I think. To an extent, I think it's one of those albums that you maybe can't appreciate. I've said this again about Monkey Balls, I'm saying it again here, you maybe can't fully appreciate it on the first listen. One point I think you made is very valid is the Kate Bush influence, because I said the, you know, the siren-y kind of vocals, that kind of reminded me of, you know, the ninth wave, Kate Bush, which I think is probably the better half of Hands of Love, you know, where she's especially the song I Dream of Sleep. That kind yeah. of, you know, that kind of eerie atmosphere, I think is what it created. I just think, mm. I just don't necessarily think got i liked it when it kind of you know let me kind of get into this atmosphere and vibe it was creating i just felt that there are points where i didn't really connect with the atmosphere of the songs which i think is something that's very instrumental into dream pop Mm. um i'm not necessarily saying that's a criticism of you know the album it might have been my mood when i was listening to it or whatever but yeah i'm certainly willing to give it another listen at some point because i thought there was some good stuff in there and it was certainly interesting arjun what do
2: you Sorry. no, sorry, um, I, I do just have one more point that yeah. might make uh, Jay uh, even more convinced by it. The, uh, the track songs, The Siren, David Lynch urgently wanted to use that in one of the scenes of Blue Velvet, uh, but he couldn't get the rights to it, which is why he then yeah. found Julie Cruz and uh, got her to record the track Mysteries of Love. Yeah, so I did say it gave me that, David That Lynch was a direct was, influence.
3: Yeah, that was definitely some a razor-head influence on this. Def- oh, yeah. It. You can hear it.
2: Big, big
0: Lynch vibes.
3: Yeah, there's big Lynch vibes here.
0: Um, Arjun, you're a Pink Floyd fan as well uh, what are your thoughts once you hear this album perhaps contextualised?
3: Yeah,
1: I, I find that whole conversation quite interesting I, I would perhaps be more inclined to check out different albums along the lines of profile like if Cameron could recommend it to me rather than re-listen to this one Yeah but, um, Yeah, um, I can see myself appreciating this type of music whilst perhaps not returning to it again and again I can, I would be interested to listen to it more Mm. um explore explore the genre
0: um,
1: oh. as, as much as possible
0: that's all fair enough um so i guess just final word then before we finish boys what are you intending to what are you intending to listen to in the upcoming week not necessarily our next albums for our next episode but just more generally what are you listening to at the moment so i mean for me i'm going to carry on delving into 90 and 90s rap i mean arjun's going to take me through um some of the wu-tang stuff as i said so i'm happy to go down that route um And I will try and better engage with some more, I think, psychedelic stuff from the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jay, um, what are you hoping to listen to this week?
3: Oh, I don't really know. It's a bit random, but I've got kind of one immediate goal is I've been kind of re-listening to the albums of Radiohead. And I've still never listened to The King of Limbs or Moonshaped before, which are two most recent albums. So I think Mm. that's kind of top of the listen list, if that's such a thing.
2: Fair enough. Uh, Cameron? Uh, So specifically, I really want to listen to the new Animal Collective EP, Bridge to Quiet, Mm. and the uh, latest Sufjan Stevens single, America, which is off his uh, new album, which it will be released in September, I think it is. So I'm really Mm. looking forward to those. Uh, Genre-wise, I've been listening to quite a bit of Manchester, Hacienda-type dance stuff from the late 80s recently which mm. is always good to party to.
0: Mm, that's good. Uh, Arjun?
1: Um, for me, I, I just honestly choose albums on a whim. I don't seek to listen to an album by a particular artist. I, I don't think that I'm going to delve into someone's discography and listen to them all in a week. I sort of um, just purely decide on the day what sort of music I want to listen to. So I can't, I can't predict um, what I'm going to listen to too far in advance. I have, however, been sort of introducing my sister to some hip hop, basic hip hop. Um, so I'm going to continue doing that with her we've listened to the first few Kanye West albums together um, we listened to Illmatic a few days ago we're currently halfway through The Infamous by Mob Deep and then I think after this one we're going to go back to Kanye West with My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and see how she likes his next couple of albums which mm. I'm looking forward to introducing her to mm. um, so that's sort of a side goal for me is, is getting my sister who's expressed a desire to listen to more hip-hop and just doing that with her
0: no that's good i mean um yeah ilmatic is obviously one of my very very favorite albums ever i think of any genre so yeah i'm I'm happy that that she's uh, getting to explore that um so yeah boys thank you so much for your time i hope you enjoyed it i really did i think that was a really good exploration of the albums and yeah i can't wait to see you next time on waxing lyrical from the symposium we'll have another four albums to talk about we'll have uh, more wider talking points and yeah we hope it doesn't get too esoteric so thanks see you next time cheers (laughs) Symposium with Ash or